What's up, cybersecurity and cryptocurrency friends? You're listening to the Cybersecurity and Cryptocurrency Podcast. Today is January the 31st of 2019, and this is episode 58. So a lot to get to today, all kinds of cybersecurity-related news to dive into, so we're primarily going to focus on cybersecurity news, because that's been kind of a big hot topic this week. Some of the stuff we're going to cover is relating to another uh, breach that happened at Discovery. I'm also going to talk about uh, a few zero days that are happening with Exchange. Some more fun stuff about Facebook. Also going to talk about the uh, black market place to buy hacked servers. Also going to talk about a tool that was used to hack iPhones. And then finally, we're going to talk about what Apple and Google have done in regards to Facebook. So to kick things off here, I think the biggest news of the last few days has been Facebook, Apple, and Google, and what's going on there. It's a big, big finding that have cut that came out recently where Facebook essentially was paying people to use this VPN app and they were using that VPN app to spy and literally watch everything that the user was doing which violates not only Apple's privacy policies for their app store but also Google's privacy policies for its app store so therefore Apple and Google removed this Facebook VPN app from their app stores. Apple took it a step further as well. They actually banned the certificate that was used to publish uh, those type of apps, not the actual Facebook app itself. So the standalone Facebook app was fine, and WhatsApp was fine, Instagram was fine. But apparently Facebook employees have a whole bunch of proprietary apps that they use for work purposes and they were unable to get into any of those apps uh, if they were on an iPhone. Now Google just recently came out and pulled that VPN app and I have not heard an update as to whether or not they've pulled all of those other Facebook apps that were used by Facebook employees but apparently there's a huge uproar at the uh, Facebook HQ today about you know all the employees not being able to do their jobs because half the apps that they need they cannot use and cannot get anymore. So definitely some crazy news there. And this is just all in the wake of the big Facebook spying and privacy scandals that just continue. This VPN app apparently was just, I mean, it literally watched everything you did. So it was not only spying on adults, but it was also spying on teenagers. So they they paid people from the age of, uh, they said it was the age range was 16 to 35. So as long as you were in that age range, you could install this app, this VPN app, and they would pay you to use it. So what people most most people probably didn't realize is that they're paying you to spy on you and watch everything that you do. So every little tiny bit of data that you would send through your phone was going through that VPN and Facebook was able to monitor all of that. So that violates a lot of privacy laws, a lot of privacy regulations, policies, I mean you name it. So definitely a big big story today. So we'll see kind of how this all shakes out. Apple did say that it's just a temporary ban on their certificate that they used to publish these, but they did not come out and say how long it was going to be banned for. Now, they for sure took down the VPN app. That will never be allowed again, and they are considering uh, allowing that certificate to publish apps once again, but that's still banned at the moment as well. So there's a bunch of Facebook apps that the Facebook employees use that they can't get to. 
So anyway, it's causing quite a bit of chaos, but I think this is great. I think that, um, well, I hope that people wake up. I think we've all become really numb to the fact that our our info's out there. You know, what can I do? Nothing really. You know, there's breaches that happen constantly. You know, you've your info is bound to be out there somewhere, and it's damn near impossible to prevent it nowadays because every time you turn around, somebody's getting hacked, or everywhere you go, you have to give them all your personal information. So I think a lot of people have kind of become numb to not only privacy, but all the hacks and breaches that happen as well, which, you know, that creates other issues because... Now these companies think that they can violate our privacy any way that they want because people just don't care about it anymore. And now that I think, or at least I hope, that people are seeing this and they hopefully realize that, you know, this is this is not okay on a lot of different levels. And, you know, as long as you're not, like, dealing drugs or whatever on your phone, then you probably don't care as much about your privacy, potentially. But, you know, regardless, if you work for... Let's say, you know, God forbid you work for the government somewhere and you use, you know, the Facebook app on your phone. Well, guess what? Facebook could have been spying on you. And think about this, too. If you're using a government-issued phone or a company-issued phone and you had your Facebook app on there and you were able to, you know, look at your Facebook stuff, they were spying on you. So there's a lot of ramifications. I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Think about all the company-owned devices that are out there from not just government jobs, but, you know, security people, uh, pen testers, security researchers researchers, security companies, uh, I mean, the president, for goodness sakes, I mean, you could go up and down the line, the FBI, CIA, you can go as far as you want. All those people have cell phones, so they're bound to be using some sort of apps that probably send data to Facebook. As I reported a few weeks ago, there was a, a test done on Android where they tested a group of applications and 60% of those applications sent some sort of information to Facebook, regardless of if you had the uh, Facebook app opened, or even if you didn't even log into the Facebook app, it would still send your information to Facebook as long as the app was just installed on your phone. So that's that's scary stuff if you think about that. And just so many ramifications, especially for government entities. Um, you know, if you're a government spy, I mean, goodness gracious, <laughs> there's just a lot of things you can think of that this violates so much. But I hope that people realize how bad this is and they start reconsidering using Facebook because this is, you know, yeah, Facebook is great for keeping up with your old friends and all that stuff. And I get that. I totally get that. And that's, you know, that was the whole reason it was created, but it's taken on a life of its own here and it, and it's violating a lot of people's privacy. And so you may not care and that's fine too, but I think that a lot of us should really start considering this and think about, you know, do you really want them knowing everything that you're doing? You know, even if you're not doing anything illegal necessarily, do you really want them knowing everything that you're doing online or every app that you open or anything that you search for? It's just, you know, where does it stop? You know, where does it stop? So Facebook owns WhatsApp now. They also own Instagram. So you can think about what other privacy issues are happening there. And I see it all the time too on Facebook where people post 
you know, some sort of verbiage from their lawyers, quote unquote, that, you know, telling Facebook, you can't use my personal information, blah, blah, blah. What they don't realize is when you very first sign up for Facebook, you click accept on their user agreement and you're already accepting all those things and posting some statement in your timeline isn't going to do anything. I see it happen constantly and it's quite annoying, but people don't understand how it all works. And I get it. You know, there's a lot to all of this. And hopefully, you know, if people are listening to this, hopefully I'm clearing it up a little bit to help people understand why this is so important and to help understand why, you know, why these companies are doing it. We need to know why they're doing it, what they're using our data for. We need to know what all the information they're collecting is. Uh, because really there's no need for them to be taking all of this information about our lives unless, you know, they're spying on us. So I hope that people open up their eyes a little bit and see that this is a big privacy issue and that, you know, people need to start taking this more seriously until there's some other form of identity that is easily changeable. This is what we have to live with for right now. We have our, our identity is what it is. We can't change it. We have a social security number. We can't change that for right now. So if your personal information gets out there, whether it's Facebook or not, you know, it's a big deal, especially if those companies get breached. So until we have a system where you can change these things easily, privacy should be a concern for everybody, really. Breaches happen constantly. And, you know, we reported on one pretty much in every show. I think to date. So anyway, just I, I hope that folks start paying attention to the privacy stuff. And, you know, if you're concerned about it, I would delete the Facebook app uh, if you can, or at least disable it, delete your Facebook account, completely delete the account. Uh, I know that's hard for people to do sometimes because you got all your virtual friends on there. And I understand that. But nonetheless, if you just deactivate your account, they still keep all your data in a repository somewhere. But Anyway, I hope that more people are going to start deleting the Facebook stuff. And, you know, who knows what they're doing with WhatsApp? They could be spying on every message that's sent through that, too. You know, who knows? Anyway, um, speaking of breaches, Discover, you'll know them from their Discover cards and their wonderful commercials. Well, they announced that there was a breach of customer data, of course, and they notified all their customers of this breach. And, um, you know, it's just one more to add to the list. So this apparently happened on August 13th of 2018. And they're just now reporting on this kind of stuff and telling everybody what happened. And what's interesting, this all came out because of the California um what people are calling the California GDPR laws. So Discover has to now come out and say that, hey, these people were potentially compromised. But they didn't say whether or not. Now, Discover's statement says, to be clear, Discover was not breached. Other outlets are indicating as such without checking with us or just trying to keep the discrepancy clear. So... <laughs> If people's information got leaked, that's technically, I guess you can call it what you want, a breach, a leak, whatever you want to call it. But they did have to file this with California because of their own GDPR-like regulations that they've got there. So that's why this news even came out. So it makes you wonder what else Discover could be hiding. But I thought that was quite interesting, speaking of breaches there. So there's yet another one. So that's some scary stuff there with Discover cards. But Discover did say that they have notified all 
all the customers that were affected by it. So if you have a Discover card, you should be getting notified by Discover. All right, there was a pretty big Microsoft Exchange zero day bug that was found. This one is pretty scary. So as we all know, account compromises happen quite often. Hackers are constantly phishing us, trying to get our passwords. And you know, just about everybody has Outlook web access available online, or they're using Office 365 or whatever it is. So with this zero day, if a hacker takes over just a standard account, they compromise just a standard account, they can use that account to then gain higher permissions and basically take over your entire domain if they wanted to. They can basically give themselves domain admin level access and take over your entire domain. So that's really scary stuff there. Um, <laughs> everybody's coming out and saying this should not be taken lightly. Of course, this is pretty huge. So you know, they've already got a proof of concept tool floating around there on the internet. I mean, this is definitely some scary stuff. And you know, pretty much everybody uses Exchange for their emails. So keep that on your radar. Um, Microsoft has a couple of mitigations that you can do uh, until they patch this, but uh, at least at the time of the posting of this article there's no patch as of right now but man that's a that's a huge 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 vulnerability there uh, they're basically saying that uh, exchange 2013 or newer are vulnerable to this so wow i'll post the article for that in the show notes as well so y'all can check that out that is huge news if you run an exchange server so keep that at the top of your mind there all right some other news the authorities they're calling themselves they shut down a whole bunch of uh well it was basically a marketplace for selling hacked servers so people would hack a server and they would sell it to somebody online to then do whatever they want to with it so a bunch of cyber criminals were buying and selling hacked uh, servers online and they the government basically took over this domain and if you go to that website now it says the domain has been seized the domain looks like it was something to do with xdedic xdedic i guess that's how you say that but um, anyway that has been shut down so that's a good thing for us security folks it uh, looks like kaspersky Kaspersky kind of helped uh, with this find, so that's a good thing as well. But uh, man, that's that's huge. There, they're, they're saying a lot of this stuff was because uh, remote desktop protocol was enabled on a lot of these servers. So if you're not familiar with remote desktop, it's just a way to remotely access your servers, right? Well, if you keep that open on the internet so you can remotely access that server, well, hackers can just sit there and try to brute force away until they actually get into that server. And that's where the, that's why this is scary because they can, you know, brute force away. So, you know, ideally, if you have to remote into your servers, you would remote in with a VPN first, remote into your internal network with a VPN. Once you're on the VPN, then you could do a remote desktop to your servers from there. It's not exactly best practice to keep remote desktop services uh, running externally. Uh, the port number it runs on is 3389. If you have that exposed on the internet, that's a pretty big no-no. So make sure folks are getting on the VPN before they can use remote desktop. But at least this one website was shut down, but you know, I'm sure they'll spin up another one here pretty soon. Unfortunately. All right, some other news here about iPhones. Now we talked about the the bug with... <laughs> 
uh, FaceTime, and that's obviously a pretty big deal as well. But there's a uh, hacking tool that the United Arab Emirates was using to spy on iPhone users. They'd basically send them a text message, and it would compromise their phone. The tool is called Karma, and essentially it steals photos, messages, emails, location data uh, from any of those victims that uh, they got this installed on. So that's pretty scary stuff there. So essentially it works through iMessage is what they're saying. So they just send the victim a text message and the target apparently doesn't even need to click on anything or even open the text message. So wow, that's uh, if you got an iPhone there, that's pretty scary stuff too. So be careful with that if you got an iPhone. And uh, we talked about in the other, in I think our previous show, that there's a remote jailbreak vulnerability out there now for iPhones. So iPhones are you know just as susceptible to hacking as everything else is. So... I know a lot of folks choose iPhone because they think it's more secure, but here's some proof that uh, it's not all perfect. You know, they had the FaceTime bug, remote jailbreaks, and now this. So this is a pretty big spy technique used by the UAE. So anyway, uh, that tool is called Karma. Again, if you want to check that tool out, I'll post it in the show notes as well. Some other news about Google Chrome. They're going to start issuing uh, a warning if you're browsing to a site that has a lookalike domain name or URL. So that's a good thing. That's some actually positive news for cybersecurity folks. So this is good because, you know, phishing domains are rampant or they'll just change a few letters in the domain or the spelling of the domain. So Google's going to now integrate some of this into their browser to help warn people that the site you're on is probably not legit. So that's some good news there. A couple of quick notes in cryptocurrency space. Binance came out and announced that you can now pay for your crypto with a credit card. So that's kind of cool news. Uh, So if you have a Binance account, you can now go on there and buy some crypto with a credit card. You couldn't do that before. You had to send them like a wire transfer, I think, or a Western Union or whatever the heck it is. So Anyway, that's some pretty cool stuff. Uh, Bitcoin prices are still floating pretty low. We're at about 34, 3,500. We've been floating between the two for the last several days now. And, you know, speculations are that it's going to still go lower, but we shall see what happens there. Ethereum is trading around $105. Bitcoin Cash is at $112. Ethereum Classic's at $3.90. Litecoin's at $31. And 0x is at $0.24. Cents. So pretty pretty low overall. Ripple is trading around 30 cents, 35 cents as well. So overall pretty big downtrend for crypto still. But hopefully the crypto winter will be over this year. So we shall see if we finally get past all this. But the Bitcoin ETF will certainly help get more adoption in Bitcoin and get these prices back up. All right, folks, that's all I had for today. I want to thank our sponsor, Southern Graphics T-Shirt Company. Their website is southerngraphicstshirtco.com. Go check them out. they got a lot of funny T-shirts on their website you can buy. You go to their homepage, click on the, uh, the link to their Etsy store, and if you enter the code VALENTINES2019, you can get 15% off anything in their store. So go check them out. And again, the code is VALENTINES2019. VALENTINES is in all caps. So go check them out. Get some funny t-shirts for them. All right, folks. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll talk again soon.